You're listening to episode 82 of the Video Game Pals. Uh, Pete has some kind of intro that he does for this, but uh, I don't remember what it is, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, Pete and Andy, uh, it's actually really crazy. They both um, they both hit their heads and got concussions again. <laughs> well, that's a new trend. Yeah, so they're not here. I, I, do you think maybe that's like a euphemism for, I don't want to do the show this week? Oh my god. I think you're onto something. Yeah, Andy's been using it for uh, two weeks now. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, it hit my head. I'm going to hit my head next week, I think. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't know how bad I wanted to hit my head this morning, trust me. Yeah. Be yeah, fun. Man. Yep. So, Thompson and I are back to bring to you the Superior Podcast, uh, which is just us talking about uh, whatever we feel like talking about, because... We're we're better. We don't like pirates. Um, <laughs> I've ascended to a, a higher plane of thinking. Exactly. That's and and you know, one day maybe Andy and Pete will have hit their heads enough times that they'll come to their senses. <laughs> but until then, I guess we have to carry on without them. Right? There's a there's a quote from one of my favorite Gundam shows. Uh, I don't think simply beating you would improve you. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, you might be right about that. Uh, so, we're going to kick things off here. Um, just want to let you guys know quickly where you can find us. Uh, we are on all podcast hosting platforms, or pretty much all of them, so you can look for us over there. We are at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. But if you want to write in, we are at the Video Game Pals at gmail.com, so you can write in with a random question of the week. Uh, buy or sell, whatever, your thoughts on, on anything that we talk about on this episode. Uh, and then if you're on YouTube, which is uh, the Video Game Pals on YouTube, uh, then thank you for watching this. You can ensure that you uh, help us out by hitting that like button, dropping us a comment, sharing this video with your friends, or subscribing to our channel. All those things are free to do. They help us out a lot more than they cost you. If you're a person who subscribed to the Comics Pals YouTube page and you really enjoyed the Video Game Pals content over there, you're really going to want to jump over and subscribe to the Video Game Pals YouTube page. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff. All the stuff you liked before is still there, and new stuff too, so head over there and check it out. Uh, so let's talk about the week in gaming. Uh, have you been playing anything, Thompson? Um, really just Fallout 76 was the new thing, other than that, you know, the, the same old, same old. I have... Cool killed my spirit in hearts of iron for a little bit so i'm not gonna do that now <laughs> for a smidge I, you. I uh i played like no games man thanksgiving you know it just, yeah it was i worked a lot <laughs> so yeah uh, we'll talk about fallout a little bit later um because there's some news with that one of course but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i think uh we can jump into the random question of the week Woohoo! I mean, my ears are still not bleeding. Uh, this is this is awesome. I know it's incredible, right? Yeah. Um, what a world! So it's like you don't have to yell in order to <laughs> get your point across. Well, there's a nice pizzazz to it, but uh, I do need to have uh, visits with an ear doctor monthly. So my tinnitus. <laughs> God. So Thanksgiving uh, has just rolled by, and um, you know, there's always that kind of feeling of you know we talk about comfort food. 
What about comfort games? What are the games that you kind of always find yourself going back to when you're feeling nostalgic? I mean, this is probably obvious for someone like me, but StarCraft, I have been playing it since it came out. You know, like that is 20, 20 years of it, you know, something like that. So um, it doesn't get much more comfort food than that, you know? Like, really, there's there's far and few in between anything else I could even hook up anymore that would even work. So that's easy <laughs> enough. And hey, StarCraft Remastered, so it looks good now. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. And I, honestly, I bet a lot of people have that same pick. Yeah, it's like the national sport of South Korea. So, I mean, there is a generation of us. I have a, I have a really funny experience from StarCraft 2 recently that the chat was... It's always terrible, but the chat was especially hurtful when I read someone that said... Uh, Starcraft 2 was just full of 30-year-olds uh, who were really sad. And I was like, oh, <laughs> man. Like, <laughs> hit a little home there, man. <laughs> that cuts deep. I read some awful shit in that chat, but... <sighs> that was the worst. That was obvi- That was bad. <laughs> Full targeted there. I did, yeah. I did. Yeah, I hear you. Um, for me, uh, I, I have two answers, I think. Um... The first one is a weird one because I'm actively playing this game, but World of Warcraft. No, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, it, yeah, like same thing. You've been playing for like ten years, man. Right, and and you know I've been playing. It's it's fourteen years old, so I've been playing for fourteen years, but I've played off and on, and mm-hmm. so you know what'll happen is I'll quit mid expansion. I haven't I haven't quit WoW uh, since Legion came out, so Jeez. I've been playing pretty steadily for a few years now. But I would quit mid-expansion and then, you know, say, oh, I'll never play that again. And then, you know, at some point, get nostalgic, watch, a, you know, come across a random video of a raid and just go, oh, my God, that looks so fun. What am I doing not playing this game? You know, or I'll feel like, oh, I miss my friends or whatever. And then I'm right back in. So, so they got you. Yeah. And I totally get it. It's it's hard to break the cycle. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. And I wish it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. There's other things I'd like to do in life, but wow, it was just so good. Yeah. yeah it'll never end, man. <laughs> it's never going to end. You got five more expansions and ten more years. and. <sighs> yep. Yeah. Nah, I'll get out before then. I have to. No, no. You got to see it through. Now you're committed. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then the other one is uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Nice. That is a solid, solid pick. Yeah. I've probably beaten that game more than any other game I've ever played. Nice. And I mean, and it's a long one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I just enjoy it so much. Easily uh, one of the, I mean, hey, that's the reason I got an Xbox. It's easily one of the best RPGs I ever played. You know, it's just. It's just stellar. <laughs> yeah. The words don't I, do it justice. <laughs> I got it on a lark too. I uh I just got it for Christmas one year and I yeah. didn't ask for it and I didn't know much about it and I was like, Oh, is this gonna be like you know, one of those crappy cash and games? That's what I thought, yeah. And uh, I was way wrong. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was gonna be a yeah. shitty game. I saw it at my <laughs> friend's house. I was blown away what you could do in that game. Yep. I think from the moment that I was able to create a character and then jump into the world, I was like, oh, 
Yeah. This is actually really cool. Yeah, and it came out, like, I was young enough to, like, not really know enough about the Star Wars lore back back then. I wasn't, like, fully invested. And I was like, this is awesome. And they started talking about how everything just connects to the Force and, like, this, this dark side of it was more, like, they just fleshed out so much in a whole new world because it was in the past and just fucking awesome man <laughs> i love that game territory yeah we had yeah. only had we even heard of i don't think we'd heard of the old republic no i think that films. was just like for that yeah like that was the area where it came out for me right right so it was like completely untapped they could do anything they wanted and they did and uh it was just so cool and revan you know I didn't get. I didn't guess. I didn't guess it. I really didn't. So, mm. yeah. And I, oh man, I just feel like that makes such a good movie too. You know, it would be. I know we've actually talked about that before. And I, that's they're sitting on a gold mine there. Like the the Knights of the Republic storyline is that is a movie by yeah. itself. Yeah. Yep. Canonical Revan story works perfect. Doesn't matter. Get on it, Disney. Come on. Redeem yourselves. Come on. Han Solo, that crappy movie. What? Oh, I kind of liked it. <laughs> oh, actually, I, I'm, I, I didn't see it. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Did I say? I know that we're not movie pals, but, but yeah. Hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I said, you guys can let us know what games are your comfort games uh, by hitting us up at the comics. Oh, sorry. The video game pals at gmail.com. I am used to talking about the comics pals uh, when I promo, but uh, you know, I gotta fill in for Pete, who's uh, concussed. Head. Yeah, yeah, he's concussed. So let's jump into the news and let's talk about my favorite topic, which is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, so this game is on the horizon. I mean, it's it's coming out in about what two, three weeks. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, coming so, around the corner. So, according to Nintendo Versus on Twitter, um, which I think is an official Nintendo Twitter page, uh, they say Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is punching its way into the record books. Thank you, thank you to all the amazing fans for your support in making this a fight for the ages. Be sure to have your Nintendo Switch ready to experience the action when the game launches on 12-7. So there you go. Really close. Uh, so what they're talking about is the fact that this is the best pre-selling Smash game and the best pre-selling Nintendo Switch game of all time so far. I believe that 1,000%. It's a Smash game, dude. It's like you said it for like a year now. It's going to sell, you know? It's the entire reason I have a Switch. Yeah, exactly. I and, I don't have a copy yet, but you better be knowing that I'm probably going to get one. Mm-hmm. Which is I a think, big deal. I don't buy full-price games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, Smash is one of those rare games that people will buy a system for. You know, we always talk yeah. about like, what's a system seller. It's Smash. Think, yeah. It's easily, it's like Mario, Smash, Zelda, and they've been hitting all of the notes, and that's probably why the Switch is still on fire, you know? Yep. And also, I think uh, Smash hits a, a unique space where there's probably not many people, or at least I've never met anyone, who has no interest in playing at all. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, it hits 
competitive. It hits casual scenes. You know, it, people who just want to fight CPUs, do story, anything. Like even from the first game, it's always felt very inviting, and it's incredibly complex. But also, it's like the way Pokemon's designed in such a way. You know, right, right. It's it's on surface, it's okay. Hit buttons, do things, but there is just layers and layers and layers of complexity, and it just it's a fun game. You know, and having like all of your favorite characters beat the shit out of each other. That's just like every childhood experience. So, yeah. of imagination, you know. Exactly. Um, there, like you, you said it well. There's so many, so many ways to play. And, yeah. And um, it, and it's like you don't have to be a fighting game person to play Smash. Right. Yeah. I know. It's just incredible. I and mean, when you really think about it, like how many people, I've, I've like in my life now, you know, thinking about how many people I know who are interested in it, you know, play it, have, you know, can talk about it, and they're not even gamers in a stretch of the mean, but they just, it just appeals to such a wide range, you know? Yep. Um, it's 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 awesome. It's awesome, and I, I really can't wait. Um, so let's, let's talk about Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, because Smash is the fastest and best-selling pre, uh, pre-sale Nintendo Switch game, but Let's Go is the fastest-selling Nintendo game ever. Uh, Nintendo Switch game ever, sorry. Yeah. Um, now, that is taking into account that there are, there's two games. Right. So, putting them together, they've sold over 3 million copies uh, in their first week, which is actually beating out Zelda and Mario. That's incredible. Hmm. Jam. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's because of the two Like, I know there's a portion of people who are going to buy both because it's Pokemon, right? Like, I know Pete has two copies. Um, it's weird for me to think that the, 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 like, them beating Zelda and Mario is because of that only, you know? Right. Like, I don't think that that is... It, it's probably just like, I don't know, to me, the Pokemon audience coming in hard. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the things about this game that makes it special is that it's the first time we've had anything close to a core experience yeah, on yeah. the console. For sure. Um, now, three, 3 million is actually kind of a small number when you compare it to the sales for prior Pokemon games, uh, such as, uh, I mean, Red and Blue and Yellow combined sold 45 million copies. Right, yeah. So 3 million is a drop in the bucket in comparison. <sighs> but I think a lot more people uh, have had in the past those those uh, handheld game, uh, game consoles just because you can use them on the go and stuff like that. Um, so I, and, and plus with Pokemon, there's always that desire to get both. Those are also yeah, cheaper yeah. games. So I think that that factors in as well. Yeah, it's interesting to think too, because like I doubt over the Game Boy or like the DS or the 3DS's lifetime, because they have sold, you know, truckloads of those systems, that there is more Switches out there. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. So the install base is going to be less for this. For yeah. sure. So, like, three million the first week is awesome, and it's sold out more than Zelda Mario. But like, the only like, I don't think it has enough like staying power to like beat out something like you know the combined sales of Red, Blue, Yellow. Maybe after like Smash comes out, people get Switches, and like, personally, I'm a somewhat reformed Let's Go Pikachu slash Eevee 
person now like after playing it with pete like it's actually pretty fun and i came down on it really hard so i think maybe when a little bit of time gets out there and like people are just you know more relaxed about it maybe after there's more switches out there in a year you know maybe it'll beat out something like sun and moon sales in the long run i don't know i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see three million is fast but i don't know if it's going to keep going into like the christmas season you know especially with smash coming yeah i i i definitely see what you're saying um i think i think this game hasn't reached its ceiling as far as sales right but i do think that it's not gonna it's not gonna outdo smash and it's certainly not gonna reach the heights of uh what pokemon typically does no but the next one <laughs> like yeah. the, the next core one like mm, that's gonna be a showstopper for sure that's a really good point actually because um on that front we had like if they make it a, a as close to pokemon as, as as we've ever had on console like a one-to-one experience and it's a new game that's it yeah, there are really good features in this game that would, like, there are things that we have been complaining about as fans, and we're like, oh, you know, we want, why can't we just do this or this for, like, quality of life? And, like, there are a ton of features in, in the Let's Go games that are already there. And if this was Nintendo's way to, like, almost, like, beta test those features through this game and get good feedback on them, fine. Like, that's great. I feel like the next game that they create is going to be just phenomenal because this game came out you know what i mean like it almost seems like they wanted to kind of just try to take a different direction and see you know see what what people felt about it and like when you play this game it's like it may not be for you with the ball mechanics and stuff too and like that's not for me either but there are things in there that make it really fun to play so so you played it uh through, mm-hmm. through pals play over on the video game pals youtube um can you just talk a little bit more about like the differences and, and why it's fun? Yeah, so personally, like I love battling in Pokemon games and like that's still there. The only thing that kind of sucks for me in the beginning when you go through the grass, the, the Pokemon, um, you know, you can't fight them. You only fight trainers in this game. So that was a down point for me. The good point was though, going through grass, the Pokemon actually show up on the map and they run around and they do things. So avoiding a fight is simply avoiding it. You know, you can see them. And um, that I thought was just incredible. You know, like that's a great feature. If you go to like a cave and you're like, oh, the Zubat cave, um, you know, you can you can try to dodge all the Zubats, you know, you know what I mean? Like that kind of oh. stuff exists. So it makes it easier for you to, uh, you know, catch what you want to catch and avoid what you don't want to catch. You know, um, there's a chain catch rate. So like, say, you know, say you catch a Zubat, right? And you're like, I want to get a shiny. Uh, every time you catch the same Pokemon in a row, the shiny chance like doubles. So, you know, it's like, I don't remember the ratio, but it's very, very hard to get a shiny. But if you get like 10 in a row, it's it's going to be pretty soon at that point. You know what I'm saying? So you get a higher chance and it gets exponentially easier. So catching shinies is, is fun. You can change the names of anything you catch at any given time. That's fun. Like, you know, that was a good idea, I thought, because you don't have to go through the name raider person and all that junk. Um, you could just be like, hey, this guy evolved and I want to change his name, you know? Okay. You know, there were, you know, like uh, off the top of my head, um, those are just some things like, you know, there's, I didn't 
play it for more than like an hour with Pete. So unfortunately I can't speak to like the rest of it, but that was in the first hour alone. Like just some things that stuck out, you know, and there, there's more things in there that, that are kind of like that waiting for, to be like explored. So like, I'm actually like really happy that those things even exist. Yeah. Awesome. I haven't picked it up yet. I'm not positive that I will, but, uh, if I do, I'll certainly share my thoughts here on the show. Um, and again, if you want to check out Pete and Thompson uh, playing this game, pals play. Then you can, yeah, pals play over on the Video Game Pals YouTube page. So, uh, we've talked about the positives of of, of what's happened with sales uh, over the last week, and and, and you know so on. Uh, but there, it's not all positive because Fallout seventy six is not doing so hot. So. Uh, according to uh, Unilad dot uh, UK, Fallout seventy six sales are down eighty two percent from Fallout four. That is a massive, massive drop off. Yeah, uh, that's in the UK. Uh, so that's not that's not worldwide. But um, according to this article, even on Twitch, the numbers for people watching Fallout seventy six are way down and that's a bad sign yeah i mean i had no doubt in my mind it was never going to sell nearly as much as fallout 4 you know i I know this game is receiving a ton of flack before it came out and it's um it does have you know valid criticisms there's no doubt in my mind it's i think a little exaggerated after playing it I don't think it's like a Metal Gear Survive scenario. Like this isn't the death of the series. This isn't um, like, it's like, it's like the let's go game. We were saying it's not the core experience necessarily. It may not be for you. So for the sales numbers being down, I mean, 82 is a really big number, but I never thought they'd be nearly as much as fallout four. You know, you have to, you have to be into that kind of game, I guess, you know, and like the always online thing, like you've said too, um, not everyone has a great connection. Some people can't play that game. So there's a lot of barriers, I think, to the sales figures on this one. Um, as far as as far as like the negative, we've you know been hearing everything. Like you can't find a positive review for it. I really think it's a little bit overblown. Um, the game might crash once in a while, but no more than any Bethesda game. You know, if you've played you know either Fallout ser- you know series before uh, Skyrim or anything, you'll you'll know the bugs exist, you know, um, every now and then you'll fast travel and you'll just appear naked to people for some reason, you know, with like the underwear on and it's like, Oh, okay, whatever. I've seen enemies sometimes T-pose, you know, for no reason. It's, but it's not all the time. It's once in a while. And it's after you play for a good amount of time too. Um, that's personal experience. So I don't know if it's terrible for everyone else, but it works well enough for me. And I think, if you go into it knowing it's going to possibly have problems because it might, it's a Bethesda game and it's <laughs> online only. So there's got you know I mean? You, you do have chances of it just effing up. You hop on with a friend or something, or even solo. I guarantee you, if you're, a, if you're a fan of the previous fallout games, you will have fun with this in some fashion. Like I know people complain about the storyline, uh, specifically saying like there isn't a storyline, and it's there is, but it's just done through like hollow tapes and like the robots and stuff because that's just how they chose to do it. I mean, I, I know that everyone's complaining that there's no NPCs, but there really doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily in that respect. Like 
the story is still there. There are NPCs you can trade with and stuff. You know, the the fact is that there is no other people because they're all dead, you know? Um, there's a couple of things that don't make sense. I know, like the lore inconsistencies, you know, like super mutants and all that. Um, I could go into that. Um, I think yeah. that, I think for super mutants, it makes sense at one, at, at some fashion that there could be there. If you know the storyline that the, they came from the FEV virus, the forced evolutionary virus from the Mariposa base, which was out in the Mojave and all that junk. So, timeline wise they shouldn't be here at this point because it's too early um well the mariposa base and everything who knows you know connected to um the government beforehand when they were doing these experiments who knows if there wasn't some on the east coast and it got out um you know it's it's possible um there are things like a a neuropeptide in the brain was discovered in real life in two areas of the world uh almost simultaneously and it was named like the same thing because of the fact that two discoveries happened so those kinds of things happen you know like that you know, there's aliens in Fallout. So I'm just saying, let's give it a breath of fresh air and look at it like that, you know? Right. Um, it's possible there's super mutants. Um, Brotherhood of Steel, um, you know, they shouldn't exist as well. Same idea. The West Coast was where the Brotherhood formed, and they were incredibly isolationist and all that. You find notes in this game about the Brotherhood um, dealing with people, protecting them and stuff. That's just not what they do. But who's to say that there isn't like an East Coast Brotherhood that popped up previously that did that? We don't know. Um, the, the the city and everything you find in the game map, everything is very roboticized. You find out through a little bit of the lore that this area was specifically designed to be like taken over by robots for labor and everything. So it was a real issue. Um, but now in the future, it's like, awesome. There's no one here. We can automate food again and <laughs> automate bullets. Um, so as far as all the lore inconsistencies go, like I think for a little bit you can wave most of them with a little magic wand and a little bit of finesse i don't think they're game breaking in that respect but you know i've played every single fall game i'm a little biased too so (laughs) yeah this game just i think it's suffered probably more than anything for um from from bad press i yeah i think so too man like yeah it just seems um that this game really never got a chance and that happens sometimes with games you know we've seen it before and i i think unfortunately um like these sales figures came from the uk and all that i don't i can't speak to say like how popular it is versus there but i know that you know it does have a huge following like when i'm playing there's always people online you know it's not like there isn't um i i don't know i know the sales figures are lower but i just think that if people give it like it's it's not like no man's sky to me where it's going to take a year to you know get a huge patch and be like oh playable or something um it's not like that it's already playable i think that you know there there's a lack of content in some areas but they have already said how they're going to patch things in like there's empty vaults in the game that you can't explore yet as a person leveling up and exploring that's gonna be really cool to be like oh now i'm level 60 and the vault opened up you know so you know, just try to have fun and explore the world and maybe it's not for you, but that's okay. Cause it's for someone. And I think the press, uh, behind it sort of didn't help. Unfortunately. Yeah. We live in this, in this crazy time where it, just, if your game gets, gets kind of panned online, you're yeah. going to struggle. I, I remember, you know, I've got a game informer right in front of me and I remember a time where, um, that was the gospel. Yes. But at it the was. same time, 
that was all you had, so there were you weren't being you weren't being inundated with negativity about a game. And also, you weren't getting the people's reviews on it because the internet wasn't up to date right then. You had the Game Informer, and it was like, this is what we think, this is what we feel. You make your right. judgment. Exactly. Uh, and so now it's the wild, wild west when it yeah. comes to reviews and people's thoughts, and that can severely impact the game's ability to sell. To sell. So that's unfortunate. Um, just one other thing that I, I kind of thought was interesting uh, was that uh, the, the, on, on this list, this top 10 UK uh, sales list, Spyro, the, the reignited trilogy, is number one sales over Red Dead Redemption 2. What's going on there? It's kind of weird. See, that's what I'm saying, man. That's a different audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Red Dead's clearly, obviously, you know, American West and all that. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't appeal as strongly. Sure. But I thought it would beat Spyro. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Fallout's not that popular in the UK. I don't know. That's possible. That That's very possible. Uh, and, and it wouldn't surprise me that much. So. Hell, the song comes out, you know, with... West Virginia, take me home, a country, you know, all that crap. Like, how's, how, do, how do you know that, you know, song and all that? I'm saying, like, it doesn't fit for the same, you know, culture even, you know. it's it's could just not be a thing. Um, hey, man, I've always wanted to follow out Europe, though. That would be really fun. You know, I thought that'd be cool. Um, I don't know how they do it, but, hey, they made this game. So, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in other news... Uh, David Brevik of Diablo fame, the, the, the creator of yeah. Diablo, uh, has gone on a rant. Um, so <laughs> so his wife, he, he was ranting about Blizzard uh, during his wife's Path of Exile Twitch stream. Oh and, my god. Uh, yeah. Wow. And uh, <laughs> that finally come to light. Um, he talked about a few things. He talked about the amount of money that Fortnite makes and how that might impact some of blizzard's decisions um he also talked about activision possibly actually taking over blizzard and how that could be uh affecting some of the the choices over there and the fact that you know that they lost mike morham and other top level individuals um but, but granted we don't know why he doesn't know why um but he does go on a rant so i'll read a little bit from what he had to say Overwatch is in Fortnite. Why have you wronged us? Okay, we're going to get rid of the employee profit sharing system. We don't like this. We don't like the fact that low-level employees make decent money at Blizzard. We're going to get rid of this program because we need more profits to increase our stock price and improve our shareholders and the elite 1% of the company. And so, therefore, you don't like this very much, Mike Morham? Well, too effing bad. You're gone. (laughs) Uh, Wow. And then... Uh, Brevik's wife actually uh, jumps in and says, we don't know if that's the case. Um, so, you know, he goes on this this long rant. Uh, he was drunk, to be fair. Um, and the, the things that he, that he says are, are a little odd. And I want to ask you, because you're the Diablo guy, I have a history with David Brevik, but I'm curious. Okay. What do you what do you make of this? Do you feel like this is a case of sour grapes here? You said he was drunk, right? I mean, it's like 
he's he does he makes he, like even the little bit you read makes makes sense to a point. Activision could have influenced what's going on. Fortnite, other games like that, the culture of games change over time. The, these things could certainly influence what's happening. Um, I maybe he maybe he's a little bit upset to see the series go down this way, and it does sound like when he starts getting into the other part, talking about um, you know, oh well, you're gone and all that. That sounds a little sour grapes, maybe kind of like you know. So I take it with a mixed bag. Like he makes concerns, I think that are very valid, vocal, and I think it's not anything fans haven't said, or you know, not even just Diablo fans, Blizzard fans, um, you know, haven't said before, especially about Activision's policies and how they've affected, uh, you know, since since they've like merged or whatever. Um, and that and that's clear as day. And if you know, so. I don't know. I don't know what, what I how I feel. I don't have a history with this guy. I mean, I love the games and everything. I, I kind of fell out with three, though. You know what I mean? So, to a point, yeah, like, I'm not happy with the series, necessarily. Um, so, the concerns, you know, aside, he, he makes some valid, um, valid, at least, you know, observations about what's happening. So, why is David Brevik not with Blizzard anymore? I don't actually know. Um, did he, like, I don't know if he left or not. Uh, I haven't really followed this guy, you know, as far as, like, a creator goes. He's, he's one of the few people that I haven't really checked up on. Uh, sure. Yeah, I know he left. I mean, he left in, like, what, 2003 or something like that? It, yeah, it was a while ago. But I don't know the reason, necessarily. Um, yeah. So, it was it was forever ago though. You mentioned it. it was like after Diablo two, right? I mean, it had yeah. to be. Yeah. So, uh, according to this Variety article, he left in two thousand three to pursue other projects, including It Lurks Below, uh, which is a new game I suppose released earlier this year under early access. So, David Brevik is the brainchild or the the brains behind the video game Marvel Heroes. Mm-hmm. Which was a Diablo style game starring Marvel characters <clears throat> that came out uh, many years ago. I can't recall exactly when. Oh, I remember that game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I played it religiously for a while, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but in that game, Brevik promised the world, and promised that it was going to be like just the same as Diablo, it was going to be better than Diablo, all this kind of stuff. And um, it wasn't that. It wasn't that at all, really. Um, it felt generic in a lot of ways. And it felt like it was getting by on the IP that it had. Yeah. And then he kind of just jumped ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not too long into the game's life, he just kind of left. And that was Doom. That was it for the for that game, pretty much. So that, yeah, I. So people do that, you know. Like creators have done that before, but especially it kind of sucks when it's something like a Marvel game where you know that it's going to sell. Like it's going to rest on its laurels a little bit for sure. But it can it can wage that clout against you know um, even even the fact that if he wasn't there, you know, to to help create that game, he would have gotten people to play it, and then to to jump in, uh, bail after a bit after it didn't do necessarily well. Um, that 
sucks for both franchises you know what i mean as the as the brains behind diablo and then working on that it kind of tarnishes both to hear that you know yeah unfortunately yeah hmm. well david brevik uh still not really too happy with blizzard after all these apparently years. i mean listen 2003 um it's, it's that's that's a 15 year span you know what i mean like yeah. if he's upset like he's like oh man <laughs> it's 15 years uh it's not Seriously. healthy <laughs> So, uh, Kingdom Hearts, a game that uh, we've talked quite a bit about here on yeah, this yeah. podcast, uh, has finally gone gold. Oh, uh, Tetsuya Nomura is the uh, game director, and he said that the game uh, is is wrapped. It's it's finally done, um, which is incredible. That's news. When could, yeah, when you consider how long we've been waiting for this game. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think you're a fan, right? I'm not really. I just haven't... I never played the games or anything, and I have cursory knowledge of them. Okay. But I know well, that they're great, you know? Yes. Uh, I've been waiting for this game for... Wow. Uh, I, I can't even... I don't even know. Since the last one. Since, since two. Of course. Yeah. And I know you guys are patient, patient fans. Um yeah. yeah, you guys yeah, have. Kingdom Hearts fans are very big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, to be honest with you, for me, it, it's really just been a case of I forgot about it altogether. You know, that's how I was able to get by for all those years because it sucks being a fan and waiting and waiting and waiting and uh, not getting the game that you want. And mm-hmm. obviously, for me, in my case, you get older and it's like... Yeah, you know, okay, there's yeah, other yeah. things going on. And we've like, had a few good years in gaming here or there, and you get some stellar hits that, you know, distract you. And you're kind of yeah. like, well, it's all right. I didn't get Kingdom Hearts because, you know, but then it, it rears its head 10 years, 20 years later, and you're like, oh, oh, it's coming, you know? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. So that takes us into our main topic, which is, is a little bit of a lighter one, but uh, that's okay. Um, which is just this, like, Talking about games that you've waited for for a long time, uh, Kingdom Hearts is one of those where, like we said, people have really, really had to wait. Um, and there's other examples, too. I can think of a few myself. But in gaming, you know, these games take a long time to make. And you've got to have the right idea. You don't want to just hotshot a game out there. Uh, you've got to have the right idea. You've got to have the right team, the right money. So there's a lot of mm. factors that go into making your game a lot more in some instances than when you're talking about necessarily a comic book or a, a book or even sometimes movies. Yeah, um, even sometimes but, movies. Yeah. It's surprising. Yeah, so just just that. Are there any games that you've waited for for a really long time? I know you have. Uh, and what was that process like for you? And when that game came out, was it worth it? Yeah, easily enough, uh, I think it's fair to say I've waited for every single Blizzard game. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, they, they do take their time. But it's the seal of approval, you know, that kind of stuff. And up until a certain point, everything was, was pretty much a 10 out of 10 for me. So, yeah, I waited from, like, a wee little lad after Warcraft 1 to get, you know, everything I could. Uh Starcraft 2 has to be the longest Blizzard game I ever waited for. I mean, that was easily a decade, maybe 11 years before it came out. Um, that, you know, like I 
come full circle, right? I said earlier that that's my comfort food, StarCraft. So two coming out, I never expected it to be as good as the first one. There's no way I could have, you know, at that point, 10 or 11 years of experience with the game. I think the new one's going to floor it. You know what I mean? Um, and it was always going to be different. There was always going to be different units and stuff. Um, but, you know, I was I was incredibly pleased with StarCraft 2 when it came out. When I, I when I got into the beta for it, I was, like, giddy. You know, like, I yeah. couldn't believe I got into the beta. And I couldn't believe when I picked it up and started just playing, even just the first time I played it, uh, I was like, I can't believe I'm playing StarCraft 2. You know, it just, <laughs> it's just like, it's like when you get Kingdom Hearts 3, it's going to be that feeling, you know? Yeah. It's going to be surreal that you're doing it. It never, I never thought it would come, you know? And, and then it did. I was disappointed, though, for a good amount of it, because I remember originally, I got promised the world, like you said. Uh, StarCraft II was supposed to be a massive thing with, you know, all these campaigns and everything, and then it was three games with, you know, less and less that they were promised. So, you know, it, it was a great experience, but a little bit weird, considering that I still go back to the first game over the second one when I want to play that game, you know, that, yeah. that experience. Um RTSs, I seem, I feel like I, I wait a lot for RTSs, like Command and Conquer games. I always waited, oh, you know, like yeah. all of them, um, and then to end in disappointment on that whole series on both sides of it, you know, for the Red Alert and the Tiberium side of it. The you, Command and Conquer Four was a massive disappointment. Um, they they removed the resources. Like, come on, they how do you get rid of Tiberium in that Awful. game? What the fuck, you know? So whatever, yeah, fine. And that game kind of blue and that ended shitty and then brother three not like the worst game but definitely didn't capture the magic that two and and one were you know i had high hopes man for wow. three for red alert three yeah yeah i did too and i i actually did get it when it first came out and i was um part way into the first campaign when i realized that the co-op thing was really starting to piss me off like that it just was built so much around that that i i couldn't like i was like man they, they got rid of like the it's always like it felt like a multiplayer map every single time. Like you're in a corner, the other AI's in the corner, there's two enemies here and like you just do whatever. And I don't know. And then like the aesthetic was like different. They, they went too hard on it, I think maybe, which really says something. <laughs> uh, Cause yeah, it's a goofy fucking thing, but it had a grit to it before in the first couple games. And it was more like, and uh, this one was weird. You had fucking Gundam Japanese battleships. And I was like, Oh, I mean, that's cool. But is it Red Alert? I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was really cool. I don't know. Um, <sighs> yeah. I I share your experience wholeheartedly with that game. Uh, I actually bought it. I Not only did I buy it, but I pre-ordered like some kind of a deluxe version or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I got it and it was like, oh, all right. This is this is fine. But it wasn't, it wasn't Red Alert 2. Yeah, it's fine. Shooting yeah. bears out of cannons is fine, but like, you know, thank you Soviet <laughs> Union, I guess. But you know, there there are moments in there where you think of the absurdity and it like that's cool, but like it doesn't. I don't know. It didn't keep me. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Um, and then the expansion was kind of it anyway. So yeah, totally. Um, really unfortunate experience with that one. I waited for generals as well. Oh, really generals again! Generals. Very upset that they came out. Couldn't play generals until Zero Hour came out. And Zero Hour was fucking great. But you're telling me that it took me an expansion and like a, a new game kind of to get what I was supposed to get before, you know? Why couldn't you play the Generals to begin with? 
like if they just weren't in the game, like as far as like they was advertised, oh, you know right. what I mean? Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, and then Zero came out, and it's like, remember all those things we said you were gonna do? It's an expansion now. Oh, oh, I mean, fine, I have to get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it feels bad, and you gotta you gotta figure. I don't even know that I got Zero Hour to be honest. I don't it's, remember. It's like if you like the Generals, Zero Hour just makes everything better. It's so much better. It's so fun, and it's like unfortunate because by the time it came out, it was dead. The game was. Yeah. just gone at that point so nobody played it anymore you know i had a friend who was way into rts's mm-hmm. and we we played all of them together and uh generals we were both super excited for i believe we both got it for christmas i, I think it was a christmas release i could be wrong um but we played it we played it together we we're so excited and i was just like oh man i don't know about this <laughs> he liked it more than i did but it just didn't it didn't have that same magic and that was the last rts we really cared about yeah um, and unfortunately that that kind of spoke to the era too because like you know everything after generals was red alert 3 and command and conquer 4 and um you know I, I think maybe command and conquer 3 came out before that i don't know for sure but 3 was not bad you know like that yeah. was the screen era that was a fun game i like that one um it, it it definitely expanded on the universe and all that, even if the story started getting really stupid. But who cares? It's a fucking RTS game. Was the game fun? Yeah, the game was fun. You know, it did, it was right. balanced, it fun, it had it that kind of started almost like a like a miniature esports scene. Like they had the little um like like before Twitch and everything, they would they would do like events for that shit. And sure. it was fun watching Command and Conquer three like battles on like an RTS scene. It was like I know they were trying to fight StarCraft and stuff, but like you're not gonna. But it was fun to watch, you know. What I mean, it was cool yeah. that there was a competitor out there, and someone that felt like it was like it mattered, you know. Um, yeah, and then they just took it down the wrong way. <laughs> um, I was waiting for Last of Us Two for the longest time. Also, that's gonna come out eventually, so that's another game that I'm waiting for. I think about it. Um, I know I've spoken about that forever, but yeah. the fact that it got announced, I was like, oh shit, it's actually happening. <laughs> I think for me, anticipation has changed as I've gotten older. Yeah, definitely. So when I was a kid, uh, I remember waiting for KOTOR 2. Mm -hmm. And the wait wasn't super long. But it felt like ages when I was. Oh that my age, god! It felt know? like you had to like an, like an era of your life had moved on, and you're like, exactly. I'm gonna play two now because one is in the past. <laughs> yeah, it it was just it just felt agonizing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like long waits, I guess uh, one of the one of the waits that felt really really long and ended up being worth it was the wait for Street Fighter Four. So. Uh, the fighting game community had not gotten a new installment in Street Fighter or Marvel at all in many, many years at that point. Because uh, Third Strike came out in like 90-something. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. On the on the Dreamcast. And then, wow. Uh, Marvel <laughs> That's... 2. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Oof. Marvel 2 came out in like 2001 or some, 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 something like that. Uh, and so that was it. And then there were like the 3D Street Fighter games that were g- complete garbage. So it was dead. It was dead. The only thing keeping the fighting game scene alive was Marvel at that time uh, and Street Fighter 2. So, that, you know, that's we're talking old games, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's why there's like Street eight editions of Street Fighter 2, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. Street Fighter 4 didn't come out until 2008. 
And when that game came out, it revived an entire genre. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and it's it's an it's an incredible game, and that 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 obviously matters. But what I what really did it is the fact that it was like a it was a moment because everyone was waiting for a reason to start playing these games again, and it finally happened. Mm-hmm. And it changed everything. And people crap on Capcom all the time for some of their tactics with these games, you know, releasing the Ultra Special Edition, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and everything else. And like, like maybe did they do the ones with the content on disc sometimes? And like you, I mean, yeah, like Marvel vs. Capcom three had that, or they found like the... uh, it was uh, it was Street Fighter X Tekken. Okay, that yeah, had a a big problem with content on disc. Okay, yeah, Fair enough. so, um, but but they they did the right thing by fighting game fans, and if it wasn't for Street Fighter four, there's no Dragon Ball Fighters. There's yeah, no, yeah. you know, everything we're seeing now doesn't happen. So that's really cool. And waiting for that game was worth it. Yeah, I have, um, Pete and I, a mutual friend that we have is like, always, he just buys fighting games all the time, right? I don't ever buy them, and I always play them at his house. And, um, you know, it felt like a few years ago when that came out, like all of a sudden I started seeing like the new, you know, Blaze Blues and like Guilty Gear and everything. And he was getting a new fighting game like every you know three or four months it felt like you know yeah. and it was just crazy and like i i don't feel like all those had a chance before that like there there definitely was games we played but i know what you're saying because like that game came out and within time of a you know a year or two it was like we were jumping between three or four new games that i i hadn't even considered you know for years yeah. um it, it yeah i guess that was the shot in the arm it needed yeah it really was and it's 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 the game Street Fighter is the 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 game the IP that keeps the entire franchise or the entire genre afloat. Yeah, and I get like I think about that and I think about RTS games and I guess there really isn't that for RTSs. I don't think there is anymore. What yeah. if Warcraft Four came out? I don't know. See, I was trying to figure out in my head what could do this like about a week ago even because the rts scene is in abysmal shape i know the community i mean maybe it's just the genre is not that popular anymore it could simply be that i don't know but um i don't think you have a chance with command and conquer ever really doing that again it would have to be one hell of a game to do that and i don't think that they're up for it unfortunately uh i don't think that you're gonna find an indie game or something that does this i don't think you're gonna find uh there's been tons of rts's that have come out in the years that have all oh this is the new you know whatever and it's like yeah it's a good game but like it's not going to be that experience um starcraft 2's player base is you know considered everything else small you know comparatively and it's not gonna pull it off i i think warcraft has a chance because you have uh an easily recognizable ip to a lot of people and you know four could be anything you know, at this yeah. point, because because three was what it was in the world of Warcraft lore. I, I don't know shit about comparatively over the years. <laughs> I stopped, you know, at, at a certain point. You, I don't know how crazy it's gotten. I know there's the cataclysms and it's time travel. And it's like, who knows what the hell is going on in Azeroth anymore? Yeah. So Warcraft four could be anything and it would make sense probably. And that's really good when you can pull a franchise and say, like, yeah, this is something, you know, but it's also completely new and fresh 
and they could, you know, with the pedigree of Blizzard and RTS games, I feel like they do have a shot with Warcraft 4, but that's going to have to be something that, like, is walked on a very fine line, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that game um, I don't ever think is going to not divide someone, because if you do anything, there's going to be a purist out there who disagrees and doesn't want to, you know? But barring the sour grapes aside, I think that it's a really good shot. And really, I don't think anything else can do it for the RTS community. I mean, I have to get really lucky with it, with like a really phenomenal Command & Conquer game has to come out of the left field, you know? Um, yeah. That just takes the world by storm. And I don't think anything could do that right now. Not in the age I of think, Fortnite. I think Warcraft is the only franchise that went out on top. And that yeah, matters. Warcraft 3 really still kicks ass you know what i mean yeah and you can't say that like and yeah i guess it really makes a lot of sense it's a very salient point man because like there is nothing bad about the community for it that you could say like well it went out bad it went out the-. no it, it stayed strong it's getting a remaster it doesn't have right. anything after it anyway because that's like starcraft remastered obviously two was out you know what i mean warcraft three is where it ended and the game still like it says something that on StarCraft 2, I find myself playing the Warcraft 3 mods on, like to make it Warcraft 3. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, that really says something about Warcraft um, 3 in particular. So, sure. great game. I mean, I, it's like, dude, StarCraft had three races, blew my mind. Warcraft 3, four races. I was like, you're, you're fucking kidding me. Back up. Like, no, you can't have four. You know what I mean? That that was like, when I, I remember when I was reading like the, the pamphlet book and everything, and I saw the fourth and I'm like, oh my God, there's four, the Mad Men, you know? Um, I want a game, I don't know if like we're jaded because of the, the amount of stuff and quality games we have or if we just got older, but I want an RTS to do that to me again, where yeah. it comes out and you're like, like, oh shit, this is a thing and it's got all this stuff and it's and it makes sense or, you know, it, it just gives you that, kicking the ass that they've been missing sure the biggest problem is just that rts games are slower they're slower paced and i think in order to keep up with games like fortnite that are fast paced to really grab people's attention art the rts genre would have to speed up and i don't know if that yeah, is yeah. in the spirit of rts's mm-hmm. so warcraft remastered or reforged rather warcraft 3 reforged it'll be interesting to see how that game kind of takes shape and if they make changes. Uh, but also, I feel like this could be the precursor to Warcraft 4. And if that happens, I strongly am interested in how they adapt that game to the current climate. Because if they pull it off, that's going to be the bat signal <laughs> to every yeah. other RTS developer that there's ever been. Here's how to make it work in right. 20, you know, 20 whatever. Yeah, I mean, the adaptation of it is a key. Like, the Dawn of War series for Warhammer, the first game is incredible. It's a true RTS. You build buildings, you have resource nodes and all that. The second game, uh, you didn't necessarily build buildings. You built them to, like, create units. It was more like Company Heroes. So I was like, okay, minor base building, fine. And you capture, like, control points. The third game is essentially just an RTS MOBA. So, because MOBAs are popular. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, don't don't do that you know like that's dumb like that strips away what makes an rts an rts and i've seen it get watered down over the years and there's a reason that game got panned it's it's not really you know you can patch it all you want now it's not 
that's just what the game was built around, being like an RTS MOBA. So, absolutely, I believe in Blizzard to to adapt it properly. You know, I really do. If if Activision doesn't choke them out to death, <laughs> like in the back alley, like give us your money. <laughs> yeah, I actually was just reading an article about uh, how Activision is is uh, yeah. encroaching more and more upon. Um, Pop Blizzard. So that's probably a story we'll talk about more here on this podcast. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed our conversation here on the episode. Um, I'm interested in hearing what games you guys have waited a long time for and what that experience was like. I think everybody reacts differently to uh, having to wait for games. And I certainly think uh, it depends on your age. And oh, yeah different things like that so uh yeah i would love to hear your thoughts um we are all over the place you can find us on social media at the comics pals you can write to us at the video game pals at gmail.com uh if you're watching this on youtube be sure to leave us a like share this video with your friends drop us a comment and subscribe to our channel for more content like this uh we've got pals play that drops monday through thursday over on the Video Game Pals YouTube, so you want to check that out. And, of course, this show and a bunch of other content. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's do some plugs. So you, Thompson, you go ahead. Cool. Uh, you can find me at Relic Vampire on Twitter, and I talk about games, and I do memes and stuff, because, um, like I said before, StarCraft is full of 30 sad-something-year-olds, and when you hit 30, you just talk about memes. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I play games and I do that. I also do pass play and it goes through Monday to Thursday, like Sean said. And that's my spiel. There you go. Uh, and, uh, as for Pete, he's, uh, at loud underscore Pete. He writes for Loot Pots, uh, LootPots.com, uh, Potscast. He's obviously on this show from time to time when he's not pumping <laughs> his head. Yeah. Uh, and Andy is... Tiger underscore millions. As for me, I am at Sean Soapbox on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can hit me up to talk about how awesome everything but pirates are. So uh, that's going to do it here for us on the Video Game Pals. We will see you next time. Take care. Goodbye.